Good morning. Pastor Drew is on the college tour this morning, dropping off Clara earlier this week and visiting with Hannah today. And uh, Pastor Karen is attending to some family emergencies, so I am blessed to be able to be with you today and, and to wrap up this series on the question, what difference does Jesus make in your life? And I don't know about you, but this has been a pretty powerful month to hear the stories of God's love, of his forgiveness, of his healing, of his reconciliation. We have been blessed to hear how God is at work today in people's lives. And today we're going to answer that question, what purpose does Jesus make in your life? that Jesus gives us purpose. We're going to be blessed to hear from Robin Hubbock today as she shares about the purpose and the hope that Jesus has brought into her life. Have you asked yourself that question? What purpose do I have? Why am I here? What's the meaning of life? What does God want me to do? Typically, we've asked ourselves that question at least once, probably numerous times throughout the lifespan, especially when there are different changes that go on in life. You all of a sudden find yourself with all your kids in school this year, maybe, or your kids are off to college, or maybe there have been changes in your health, and you're not able to do those things that you once used to do. Whatever that life transition might be, we often find ourselves asking that question once again, why am I here? What's my purpose? And so today we're going to look at what is purpose and the purpose that I believe that God's word speaks very clearly to each one of us that we may not have to keep asking that question over and over again, but maybe to really think about what God's word already instructs us to do. So what is purpose? What's the meaning behind purpose? And so purpose kind of serves as that place of intentional focus where we then derive the meaning to everything that we do it provides that direction and that guidance in life. And it provides that source of motivation. It gives us reason to get out of bed each morning. Have you ever had a moment in life where you think, oh, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? And so the exciting news is, is that there is purpose, which is pretty awesome. So how do we go about finding that purpose that provides meaning, that provides direction and guidance, and provides that motivation? And here's the other good news. It's not dependent upon anyone else. I don't know about you, but sometimes in life I might think, well, I do this, but, and I have a list of excuses why I might not be able to pursue that at any given time. You know, maybe it's just not the right season of life. Maybe the kids are too young, they're too old. 
you don't have enough money, you have too much money, you don't have a spouse, you want to get rid of the spouse you have. I mean, whatever the case might be. But you come to that place of saying, I just want to be able to know my purpose and not have that be dependent upon anyone getting in my way of pursuing that purpose. And that purpose can be pursued both individually as well as corporately. And it's going to be exciting to see when we really focus in on the purpose that I believe God calls us to, the difference that it makes within ourselves and as a body of believers and how that impacts the world around us and the world in which we live in. So are you just excited to know what this purpose is? like, yeah. All right, turn to Matthew 22, page 804 in your pew Bible. Follow along on the screen. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you that you give us purpose. That, Father, that you show us what it is that you would desire for us to pursue, where you give us that direction, that meaning, that hope. And so, God, I pray that your word would just be illuminated today. That, Father, that you would just shine light into each one of our lives to show us, Lord, where it is that we can follow you, that we can pursue the purpose that you have for each one of us. Be near us today, Father. Help us to be tuned in to all that you have for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Matthew 22, starting in verse 37, and Jesus is responding to the question, what is the greatest commandment? And he goes on, picking up in 37, he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hangs all the law and the prophets. So to love God with our entire being and to love others the way in which God loves us that we can be open to receiving all that he has for us. So pause for just a moment and think about, am I loving God? And am I loving others? Now, when we think about purpose, you know, does that loving God and loving others gives us meaning? gives us direction, and give us motivation? I answer yes to all those three things. Now, maybe for some, you're thinking, 
well, that just seems a little too simple. I mean, because after all, I need to know, like, what job I'm supposed to be pursuing, what am I supposed to be doing in my golden years, you know, God, show me exactly what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. And yet, I think that if we really focus on loving God and loving others, you really might be surprised at the places God leads you. So rather than pursuing what it is you you think out here, that if you stay focused in on how well am I loving God today? What does that look like? Am I communing with God? Am I connecting with him in that deep affection that he has for us? Am I being able to stay focused in on loving him in that same way? And how well am I loving others? And now some of you might be sitting there thinking, well, yeah, but you, you, know, you don't know my season of life right now. It's hard for me to move around. I'm so engrossed in my kids' lives right now. There's just not enough time. And as I say, look around. You know, who do you come into contact with each day? Are you showing them the love of God? If you're in the grocery store, you're waiting to pick up kids from school, you're standing at the bus stop, you're eating dinner in landfare, dining room, whatever it might be, are you showing love to others in a way in which God calls us to love? Because we know that love has eternal purpose. Because when we show love to one another, we're opening that door for them to experience God's love. You might be the, one of the few people in their lives that actually show them the love of Christ. To me, that's a pretty big purpose. That's a pretty big calling. But I think sometimes we have to focus back in on the foundation of that purpose and to be very aware that that's what God is calling us to be, to really love one another, that we have a purpose that when we awake each day that we know today I'm going to love God, I'm going to love others, and allow God to work in you and through you. As he does that, you're going to be shocked sometimes, I think, at the places God leads you. So rather than thinking about all the obstacles that get in the way of perhaps pursuing God's purpose, focus in on love. Now, God may call you as you're loving others and you find yourself in those other places of ministry that you may say, oh, I have a greater purpose. Well, I think the greatest purpose, because didn't he say these are the greatest commandments? These are the greatest commandments. And yes, he may give you other things to do, 
but I was reminded of the passage in 1 Corinthians 13 that says, you know, if, if you go about doing these different things, but you do it without love, you're a resounding gong, you're a clanging cymbal. Nothing has been gained. And so to be able to focus once again on the greatest commandment, to love, to love. And so I'm excited to introduce Robin Hubbock to you. Um, some of you know Robin um, because she's grown up in the church. You may have had her, you may have changed her diaper, really. And <laughs> others, others know Robin as the, the young lady that plays guitar back here on Sunday morning. You know, whatever the case might be, I'm trying to help her to feel relaxed right now. Um, <laughs> and so Robin is going to share with us today that purpose, that hope uh, that Jesus has been in her life. So Robin, if you want to come up and, and share with us today that, that purpose that God has for you. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's probably true that a lot of you have changed my diapers. <laughs> <laughs> Not recently, correct. <laughs> um, okay, so um, so I've got to admit something to you. Um, I'm still not really sure why Drew asked me to speak during this sermon series. Um, because I've never really had like a, a huge crisis or life event where Jesus saved me in a very obvious way. Um, and I never had like a huge born again moment where I drastically turned from a life of sin and chose to follow God. Um, in fact, as Jean mentioned, I grew up in this church and I can't really remember a time where I didn't know and love Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Um, and I recognize what a huge blessing this is, but still I've sometimes struggled with what exactly to talk about when I give a testimony or a story of my life. Um, but what I know is that Jesus has made a huge difference in my life in a lot of ways. Um, so when Drew asked me to speak during this series, I had to say yes. Um, in college, I read Augustine's Confessions for a class, and what really struck me was the way that Augustine was able to look back at his life and see how God had been working all along to bring him to where he was, to the purpose God had for his life. And I guess that's kind of what I want to tell you about today, how God has been at work throughout my life to lead me to the purpose he has for me. In so many different ways, he has taught me what it means for me to love him with all my heart, soul, and mind. Like I said, I grew up in this church, and I was involved in everything. Three C's, Sunday school, choir school, summer camps. I learned at an early age a lot about who God is, what Jesus did for us in his death and resurrection, and what it means to live a life of faith in Jesus Christ. I also became good friends with a few girls who were also involved in all of these things at church. Starting in elementary school and as I grew up, these girls were simply there for me. They weren't always my very best friends, but they were consistent and encouraging and shared with me a desire to serve the Lord. It was with them that I first learned how to be a true friend to another person, as well as what it looks like to build one another up in Christ. In the summers before 5th through 7th grade, I went to the week-long resident camp that CHPC ran. 
my counselors were cool high school and college students from the church, and my cabin mates were my good friends. Um, it was at camp these years that I remember first taking seriously and trying to figure out what it meant to know Jesus Christ. While there, and even when I came home from camp, I started to do quiet times, reading the Bible, and keeping a prayer journal. So at the end of the week of camp, the counselors always gave each camper a note. It usually talked about how much fun they had with us and how cool they thought we were. But my seventh grade year, my counselor gave me a note with a Bible verse on it. It was Isaiah 42, 6 through 7, and that says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. She said God had led her to give me that verse and that she thought he must have huge things in store for my life. And for some reason, this verse really stuck with me. As I've grown up and learned more about both God and who he has made me to be, I keep coming back to this. In it, God has given me both a promise to hold my hand, keep me, and make me into who he wants to be, and a purpose to open blind eyes and to free captives from darkness. In high school, I joined the student leadership team that our youth pastor then, Brian, had created. He taught us what servant leadership is and gave us many opportunities to live that out. Though I knew even before high school that God had given me a gift of leadership, it was on this student leadership team that I learned to use this gift to his glory. Brian and also several, several summer interns during these years also really invested in me and showed me what it looked like to be intentional about relationships. I went away for college and I wanted to give back what others had invested in me growing up, so I became a youth group leader at the church I was attending. Little did I know the crazy adventures God had in store for me there. Most of my good friends growing up had lives that were mostly just like mine. We had parents who loved and cared for us. Uh, we preferred to stay up all night watching movies instead of drinking or getting in trouble. Um, in comparison, the kids in this youth group had very messy lives, and I was really unprepared to handle all of it. Um, but it was in working with this youth group for five years that God really clarified and confirmed his call on my life in, in the verse from Isaiah 42. I can't tell you how many times God worked through me even when I was at a complete loss as to what to do with these kids. And I want to tell you one story as an example of this. Um, in my junior year, I had a girl in the small group I led who confided in me that she was cutting herself. I had never known anybody who did this before, um, so I really had no idea what to say or do. Um, I set her up with a professional counselor, and I sat next to her while she told her parents and I continued to meet with her regularly to support and love her. Um, even so, a few months later, she came to me and told me that she had a, actually had a plan to end her life later that week while her parents were out of town. Um, she obviously wanted help because she came to me, but she was still resistant. I had to literally wrestle her keys away from her and keep her with me while I called her dad and her counselor. Um, and she spent the night in the hospital psychiatric wing, and for the next few weeks, I spent several full days with her as she had to be under 24-hour supervision. Um, I always knew that the Holy Spirit speaks and works through us, but I really came to understand this when someone's life depended on words and actions that I could never have come up with on my own. Um, <laughs> sorry. The good news is that in one week, this young woman will begin her senior year at Whitworth University, um, which is, sorry, I didn't know I would get emotional about this. 
Um, Whitworth is the same Christian college that I attended, and she's also going to be starting her fourth year as a, as a youth group leader with the same youth group she was in. Um, so in working with the students in that youth group, um, God taught me a lot about myself and about the gifts that he has given me. Um, if you read the verse from Isaiah 42 in its context, you learn that is actually God the Father talking to his son Jesus. Um, but still, I've always felt that God was speaking to me through it as well. I feel very strongly that in this verse, God is calling me to join with Jesus Christ in his work of bringing love, grace, and hope especially to young people who are broken, lost, trapped, confused, or struggling. There are so many other stories I could tell in which God has led me down paths I never imagined I would travel and has blown me away with how he has used me. And throughout my life so far, he has really stayed true to the promise he makes in Isaiah. He has been holding my hand all along, leading me to exactly the right places and people at exactly the right times. And he has already used me to open blind eyes and to free captives in ways that I never thought would be possible and probably in ways that I don't even realize. In one year, I'm planning to go to seminary, which is where I think God is calling me next on my journey. I'm not exactly sure in which direction he will lead me while I'm there, but I've learned not to see his purpose for me as a goal to achieve or as a job I will eventually have. I'm surprised every week, probably even every day, at the opportunities God gives me to live out his purpose for my life. I think my job is just to continue to hold his hand by seeking to love him with all my heart, soul, and mind, and by loving others as myself. Thank you. So that perfect example of loving God and loving others. Robin didn't wake up the morning that she thought that she was going to hold her young, the young lady's hand to know that the lady, the young girl, wanted to, to kill herself. And now to look and see that today this young lady is thriving. And as Robin said, she didn't feel equipped, but yet she loved this young lady and that God uses us in mighty ways when we're able to love one another and so my challenge for you today is in your journal on your bulletin on the sermon notes in front of you jot down a tangible practical way that you're going to love God with your entire being, with that deep affection, and maybe a practical way in which you're going to love others. You know, maybe there's an obstacle that you put, your, put in the way of doing that yourself, and that you're going to work at trying to set yourself free from that obstacle and asking God to empower you to do that. And if you really want some accountability, after you think about what that is, what that looks like, you know, share, with, share with someone today, you know what, 
here's how I really want to love God more. Here's how I really want to focus in on loving others. And if you really want accountability, then ask them to ask you next week, hey, how you doing with that? How's that gone for you this week? Because as the day and the weeks and the months and the years go by and we stay focused on loving, you might be amazed at the stories that you will tell of how God continues to bring those people into your life for his greater purpose. Also want to remind you that Drew mentioned last week that if you want to share with him a way in which Jesus has made a difference in your life, that an uh, email is set up to do that, jesusdifference at chpc.org. Shoot him an email. Wouldn't that be fun for him to come back to? To have some really cool stories of the difference Jesus has made in your life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you. Oh, that you are always at work in us and around us. And God, help us to love. To love the way in which you love. And God, part of that love, we come seeking your compassion and your healing to be upon those that need your touch today. God, we, we lift Kathleen Hughes before you, Father. We thank you um, for the way in which you have, have uh, made that procedure successful. And that, God, we pray your continued healing to be upon her. Father, we lift up Vivian McCracken and Jenny Mutters and Donna Pessinger. God, I pray your healing touch. That, God, we just ask for you just to have every cell in their body to be full of your life. And, God, we just, we just say cancer be gone in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we lift up um, Marge Miller. And, God, we pray that you would bring healing. That, God, that you would restore her body. And God, we are mindful of the trip EMI is taking, Barry Stair and Dave and Pam Ping, as they uh, head out for a big mission, God, six countries in three weeks. And God, we pray that you will go before them, that you will lay the path that you would have them take. God, we pray for your power to be upon them and as they meet with those within each country that God that you will give them vision that God that you will allow the ministry of EMI to spread throughout the world so that they can do exactly what your word tells us to be able to love that God that you will equip those throughout this world to be effective ministers of your love. And Lord, we um, also lift Marjorie Klusmeyer as she celebrates a birthday tomorrow. 
God, we thank you for her 94 years. We thank you, Father, that she is um, here with us, and we thank you for her birth. And God, we pray that you would just continue to empower her, that God, that she will love those around her. And Lord, we just give you praise for the way in which you are always, always at work. And let us join together as we pray. Dear God, make us into your community for your glory. Connect us in Jesus, no matter our differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus, no matter the cost. Help us to celebrate you, no matter the circumstances. We need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. Amen.